On this week's episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast, we sit down with Dr. Julie Bale to discover what makes up the mind of a champion. What's up, competitors? We are back with a brand new Compete Everyday episode. My name is Jake Thompson. If you are new to the show, I'm your host every week and the founder of Compete Every Day. I'm excited to get to spend some time with you as you sit in on my conversation with Dr. Julie Bell of The Mind of a Champion. Julie is one of the leaders in the sports psychology space. She has over 20 years experience. She studied under some of the biggest names in the space and continues to leave her mark with her work with executives with athletes and other professionals. So I think you're going to get a lot of great information and insight into this conversation, not only about our interactions in the corporate space, how we're interacting with our coworkers, with those we manage and lead, but as well at home as we dive into a little bit of how she goes about asking questions, developing those relationships in the mind of a champion in her children. If you are not on the Compete Everyday newsletter, I want to remind you, or tell you actually, not remind you because you missed the email. So first, if you're not signed up, check out CompeteEveryday.com. Get signed up for our weekly newsletter. It's not just pushing apparel. It's not just promotion. We actually will provide you content on the podcast, additional resources and information you can do to start winning your work, your workouts, and your life. But one of the things we included in last week's email is about the re-release of one of our all-time bestsellers, The Grind. It's a shirt. It's a black shirt and tank. The front has a faded hustle on it. The back says, grind while they sleep, train while they party, live like they dream. It's the idea of putting in the work ahead of time, doing the things you don't necessarily want to in the moment to position yourself for where you really want to be in the future. And then when everyone's looking at you and wondering, how did you get to this space? How did you succeed? You can point back and say, I skipped those parties. I invested some time on my Saturday mornings to do a little work. I made the right choices throughout my journey to put me in this position. It wasn't easy. It wasn't quick, but I earned it. So if you need that shirt, we still have some left. Dive on the website. Use the code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. PODCAST will get you 15% off your order. We are not reprinting this shirt, so once our current stock disappears, it is gone and being locked away in the Compete Everyday vault. Now, as always, get in touch with the show. Shoot us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Say hi. Help me get to know you better. Support you with the show, with future interviews and content. And as always, enjoy this interview with Dr. Julie Bell. Dr. Julie Bell, welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Glad to be here. Oh, we're going to have fun today. I already know it. I already know it. Well, I as we laughed, all roads lead to Wayne and our mutual friend Wayne McCullough, who was guest uh, on episode number 17 back in season one, was so gracious to introduce us because we were both here in the DFW area. And after learning about your work with Mind of a Champion, I'm fascinated and just excited to have this conversation. Uh, Before we dive in, give our just listeners a brief snapshot of what you do right now. Uh, And then I'm going to dive into some of your work history and and pick your brain a little bit. Okay, perfect. So I have the the Mind of a Champion right here in Dallas. We work all over the country um, teaching people how to improve their mindset. So we've created a process of coaching mindset so that our clients remember what it feels like to win and become champions. 
And uh, we use the principles of sports psychology. That's my background. And we apply them to all areas of life, whether you're in sales or nonprofit or raising kids or you're an athlete. Uh, we work in all industries. What, what inspired you? Because there's a, a number of different ways you can go in terms of, of coaching and helping people from a mental performance game. What inspired you to go down the sports psychology route uh, initially? Oh, so I had a fantastic advisor in college, Oklahoma State University. Go Cowboys. Uh, so she uh, had called me in one day and we were working on my, uh, you know, what did I want to major in? I loved psychology. And I feel like there's A students in psychology and C students. You either get it or you don't get it. I was one of those really easy A students, loved it, but I couldn't do therapy all day. My personality doesn't match that. And so she said, hey, have you ever heard of sports psychology? So in college, I go to the library and I spend uh, several hours reading professional journals on sports psychology that was not assigned reading. And so I knew I had found the love for my career. And you, you had the opportunity to study under Dr. Bob Rattel as well. Did I did I went to after Oklahoma State I went to University of Virginia for both masters and PhD. Bob Rotella was my advisor. He's amazing. He's the guru of sports psychology and golf, and he's a fantastic professor. And he does not let you get away with anything. I w I would imagine not. After reading his work, uh, I would imagine there's a little bit of attention to detail. So what what from there, Virginia? What brought you to Texas? So I left Virginia and I went to Oklahoma where my parents lived and where I grew up and I started marketing myself and country clubs to athletes. So tennis and golfers and um, we, all of my people in my audiences were business professionals. And so I started dual tracking right in the beginning. And then uh, my husband's job brought us to Dallas and it just made my travel much easier because I didn't have to lay over in Dallas. I just got to start here. I, uh, I'm curious because today we talk about sports psychology. We talk about peak performers in the workplace in sports. We, it, it's a very common conversation. The concepts are not as common with a lot of people, but they're having more and more conversations. We see, you know, sports psychologists on staff with pro teams now. But back when you started, that wasn't always the case. It, it probably was a little bit more of a stigma of well, why can't you just tough it out? Mm -hmm. How did you deal with that, not only early in your career, but battling something that wasn't as mainstream or more talked about as it is today? You know that you're exactly right. So it started with weightlifting and then it was nutrition. You know, people were just slow onboarding and the mental game was the same. And so uh, really, I just worked with people and people told people and it became not so much of a... Um, you know, you're having to go to therapy. Uh, it just became coaching, really became coaching. And I would meet people in their environment rather than, you know, sitting in my house on a couch or in an office on a couch. So it really was in the environment. I go out on the golf course with people. I'm in the gym with basketball players, which is great. There was a TV show that set sports psychology back for a while because it really was on the therapy side. And she called herself a sports psychologist. It wasn't great for all of us, but um, it is getting more, more mainstream, especially with like all the growth mindset stuff. So you can transition from sports to business and people completely understand. 
Yeah, I've noticed one of the things I've noticed about veterans in the space, and and I would consider you a veteran and and one of the leaders in the space, is a lot of you started with the individual sports like golf or tennis, Mm -hmm. because you're all alone with your thoughts sitting on the course. They're now incredibly prevalent in team sports, but I'm curious for your side, how you learned the differences in working with some of those individuals, because even an individual sport has a team with a trainer and a caddy and coaches, but it's still a very almost different setup than the team dynamic. Mm -hmm. So I'm a learner, I would say, and I've learned throughout the years and I've played sports myself, but it was definitely when I uh, worked with a competitive fisherman, an angler, and he ended up winning the Bassmaster Classic. And then there was articles in, in Bassmaster Magazine and USA Today and the transference of information. So I talk about confidence, focus, the winning game plan. That's the same whether you're fishing or making a sales call, whether you're in a team or you're in an individ, uh, you are an individual. I think that at that point, people started understanding, huh, so there's, what are you telling a fisherman? Well, it's the same thing that I would tell a parent of a three-year-old. Um, so the, my language stays the same. The examples, I just learn as we, I, I mean, for fishing, I said, if you're a basketball player, this is what I'd say. And then he taught me how to say it in fishing. I so I can that. talk about flipping a jig or topwater spinnerbait, and you think that I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you fit right in here in Texas and your Oklahoma roots so well. Uh, me having grown up in East Texas, uh, I know some of those, that language too, even though that is not my sport. One of the conversations we continually have here on the show and the reason why is I feel it's so important is when it comes to confidence and when it comes to your mindset and, and mental toughness and, and just developing your, you know, the focus mind of a champion, it's not necessarily what you're born with. It's what you continually choose to build. Yet so many people are, are stuck with the idea that this is the way I've always been. And especially dealing with athletes of, well, I've always trained this way. I've always done it this way. How do you work with those people to, to understand, to get to that next level? What if we challenge yourself to think differently? So I think people say, I've always, uh, I've always thought this way is super inaccurate because you've made small changes along the way that got you to this way. And so what you think you used to do and what you do now are rarely the same thing. And so if someone is working with me, I'll ask them if they compete better than they play. I mean, then they practice. And if the answer is no, then it's not part of your physical game. It's your mental game. And so I, we open up that conversation. Um, but really, if they're coming to me, they know at this time that they just need to think differently. Yeah. Well, and, and it gets them almost, I would say, to that breaking point to where they've gotten to you almost in a time of desperation or need because at the athlete standpoint, it's their career on, on the line. And even from an executive and, and sales in the business teams you work with, it's their career on the line. They just don't know where to start, right? Right. Well, they start, they start with the easy things, change out your equipment, you know, new coaching. And then finally people are like, you just need a sports psychologist or you need a, you know, just, you need your mindset changed. And so that's when they end up with me. Uh, usually it is, they're finally ready to talk about it. 
What have you seen in this space besides a lot of the, the phrases around and the talk around growth mindset and, and confidence and building the right mindset, beside the more openness that we have these days talking about it, what have you seen as some of the biggest changes in the industry in terms of benefiting uh, individuals inside of sports and out? Uh, you know, just in the industry, I think more people are open to it. Executive coaching has opened up the world of, hey, you know, from Little League to Olympic athletes, we use coaches. Why doesn't it make sense to have a coach for um, for my business or for whatever my life is, um, raising a family? You know, we go through so many transitions and so many seasons. It's nice to have a thinking partner uh, to go through it with you. So I just think that that's, that's the biggest change. Way more people are open to it. And, and I like that. It's interesting. I heard James Altucher talking not terribly long ago in a conversation where he was talking about quarterbacks in the NFL and a study he had done around the, his compensation theory. But the thing he pointed out is all of the great players that he pointed to and attributed to had great coaches. Mm-hmm. And he said, we, we undersell that sometimes of the importance of having a great coach in life and in business and in other areas, not just sports. Why do you feel like we have this almost stigma of I can have a coach in sports. It's part of teams and having sports, but when it comes to business or our life and relationships, I don't really know about that. Yeah. So here's what I would say. So in the, the life coach, the business coaching, it was birthed out of a counseling model And so it's a billable hour mindset. You have to meet for an hour to be able to charge for it. That's literally where the coaching started. So at the Mind of a Champion, we don't do that. We do relationship-based coaching. And so we would say you need a coaching relationship before you need your coach. So you need that relationship. You need to, you know, know what's going on, know what your next level is, help somebody, have somebody to help you focus, some accountability in there. And then when there's those, moments where you really need a coach you go hey do you have five minutes I actually have 10 what do you need and so you're in this relationship but I still think that there's that um, that counseling model that people still believe like nobody has an hour a week to give to coaching and so but do you have 10 minutes twice a week until we change some habits sure Uh, so I think that that's that's part of it we just don't think we have time for it I love that. And, and I love the way you position that to help us get out of this just idea of how it has to be or how it's supposed to be and versus how do we make that relationship best work to help you succeed. Uh, that's one of the things we talk about with, with some of our coaching clients here is just getting on a quick call. You shoot an email. Let's have five minutes. Let's talk through these two, three points and then go and, and we'll circle back. One of the things you mentioned was the relationship process. And I want to make sure that we get a chance to discuss this for our listeners, but you have a champions club program. And what I loved about it, and especially the more I learned about it, listening to you is not only do you have an event and a one day event and a two day event that I'd love for you to share with our listeners, but you have a follow-up relationship process because there's nothing worse than we know going to an event learning some great information, getting inspired or motivated to, Hey, I'd love to take action on this and then leaving and letting it just sit there and, and never doing anything with it. And you only get those one to two people that actually are like, I'm making the changes. I'm putting this into play. You create accountability by building those relationships into your events. So tell us a little bit about the individual side, as well as your leaders program with the champions club and especially about this follow-up for our listeners listening that, that may just 
be that person that's been to events, they've had coaching, they've, they've gone to these type of things and heard speakers. And they're like, I just can't seem to put it into practice after the fact. Absolutely. So I think everybody can relate to it. You buy a piece of home gym equipment and you use it three times and then that's where you throw your dirty clothes. Yep. And so um, I clearly remember the day and you know, I would say, Hey, I'm a great speaker and I get the, the audience engaged. But then I realized are people really making change? So I went to a parenting workshop when my children were young and I was all in um, parenting with love and logic. It was phenomenal. And I was an amazing mom for 10 days. And then I went back to my old <laughs> self and I thought, wow, that's like, that's, a, that's a good coaching moment right there. Like just understanding that. And so, uh, many years ago, 10 years ago, we created some follow-up videos to help people just stay engaged with the content. And I still believe in that spaced repetition, but the best way to make changes, not just changes in your actions, but changes in your habits, the best way is through a coaching relationship. And so that's what we offer with our Champions Club. So it is, a, a, I'll tell you quickly about the Champions Club. The one day experience is all about mindset. It is for leaders and individual contributors, sales reps, moms, athletes, dads, really just anyone who wants to take their game to the next level. So they, we do all mindset work with a winning game plan in day one. And then day two is where our leaders come back, leaders of people who have direct reports and they lead through coaching. And we teach how to coach uh, through conversations rather than the scoreboard. We're super good at coaching in, in sports where we go, scoreboard says, call a timeout, let's coach on the plays. In business, many times scoreboard says, ooh, we're doing something wrong. And we go, hey, your numbers aren't where they're supposed to be. Let's change these numbers, which really isn't coaching on the plays. So we teach leaders how to do that day two. And then the follow-up is uh, a uh, six-week or three-week coaching relationship. And so the first thing our coaches do is they get on the call for a half hour and we say, what'd you learn? What do you want to remember? And let's find a cadence of coaching that works for you. And so some people want to do, hey, the, the bigger the change, the more frequent the coaching. So if you've got a pretty big change, we're going to do three times a week for 10 minutes. If you're a smaller change and you need a thinking partner or just some accountability, your cadence of coaching would look differently. Um, so we, it really is relationship-based. We get some real estate on the calendar and then you always have a coach. So you can text and go, hey, do you have a minute for coaching? Um, you are in a relationship, not just on the calendar. I love that. I love that. And, and so when is your next Champions Club event? When, when would one be coming up next? So our next public course, so we have public and private ones. So our next public one is in December, December 9th and 10th. So you can do the one day only on the 9th. You can do the 9th and 10th for the two-day leader one. And then your coaching relationship starts after that. We also offer private Champions Club. So if you have a group of 20 people that want to get together and you want to know everybody in it, we schedule those as they come in. Awesome. And, and people can find out about that December event at where? Uh, at themindofachampion.com. So T-H-E-M-I-N-D of a champion.com. Uh, the Champions Club is on there. The dates are on there. There's also a video on there of people talking about the experience. Um, and so we would love for people to come to the December Club. Awesome. Great experience. Well, and I would highly recommend just going to your website as well, not only to learn about the event, you have a free download around ways that you can increase your confidence, something, you know, five things to start doing immediately. 
But one of the things that you do as well that I know would be of interest to a few of our listeners who have a strong interest in sports psychology and coaching and, and finding a way to move the needle and help others' lives, help possibly change their trajectory by changing how they see themselves, how they see the world, is your certification program. And so I'd love if you could just take a second to tell us about how you help certify other coaches with the mind of a champion. Absolutely. So all of our coaches who, who want to be certified, they start in a Champions Club so they can experience it as a participant. And then we do a two-day certification where we, we talk about opportunities. And I really, I actually do those coaching relationships, a three-month coaching relationship to help people build a business. So I've been in the business for a very long time, started in 94. And about 20 years into it, I realized, huh, I run a company. And so just that whole business side of things um, and just how you, you know, are you going to sell every appointment or are you going to do relationship-based coaching? It's really a different model and no one's teaching it out there. And then I use my assistant coaches in our Champions Club so we help funnel uh, business to them. Uh, but it's a, it's a great opportunity for personal growth, but also for professional growth through our certification. I love that. And I want to switch gears real quick because I know you have a family uh, and we have a lot of parents that listen to this as well. And, and one of the challenges for any parent is to help instill a positive, powerful mindset in their kids so that hopefully some of the mistakes they made as a parent is not what the child is going to make uh, growing up as well. And so being a expert in this space, being one of the thought leaders in this space, what's something you've done as your children were younger and growing up just to instill the confidence and, and that champion mindset in them? So a couple of things. So first of all, my son turned 14 on Sunday. So right now they are 14, 15, and 16. So we, um, they're close. We do a lot of things together. Uh, one time my middle child, I told her to do something and she said, I think I told her three times, um, asked her to do something, right? It was a great parenting moment. And she said, mom, you are robbing me of my confidence. <laughs> so I tell you that I said, ouch. And I tell you that because I am in the game with the parents, um, you know, all in and so I think for us, uh, one of the things I'm most conscious are is um, just helping my kids learn to think about what to do rather than what not to do. So don't let me forget to do this. And I would say, what do you need to remember? Um, just, you know, instead of uh, stop running, it's walking feet. I mean, it is challenging to talk about what to do rather than what not to do, but don't do drugs. Don't drink and drive all of we message our kids. Don't text and drive. We message in the what not to do. Yeah. And all you're doing is giving them a vision of what not to do. So when you say don't text and drive, I picture texting and driving. If you say, keep your phone in your glove compartment or text in the back seat. I have an image of that. I can see myself in the back seat. Um, so we, we have worked very diligently on that. Um, and the other thing is one of the things we, we talk about at the mind of a champion is um, the way you celebrate success determines your future success. And it's all about, do you celebrate the win or do you celebrate how you got the win? 
So your son's playing football and he scores a touchdown and you're like, touchdown, high five, we're going to dinner. And I'm thinking, do you get to eat if you don't score a touchdown? But anyway, we're, we're <laughs> super happy, right? And so that's awesome to be able to recognize that outcome. But even more important is to say, dude, how did you get open in the end zone? And so you want to reinforce what you want to see again. So then take that to chemistry test and your, your daughter is studying and she's being super disciplined and she's gone to tutoring and she gets a great grade on chemistry. And so you can go, yay, you've got this great grade on your chemistry test. Or you can say, wow, I am so proud of your discipline and work ethic. And I know you didn't want to go to tutoring and you did it. That is going to pay off in your life. And so you want to reinforce those moments because you want discipline forever. You want perseverance forever. Do you want an A in chemistry? I mean, it's not bad, but I don't think when she's 40, that's what I want to see again. So it's really taking those opportunities to reinforce what you want to see again. And I'm telling you, it takes pre-gaming. Just like athletes pregame as a mom, when I'm sitting in the parking lot getting ready to pick them up, it's like, what's an open-ended question today? Like, I am literally pregaming on it. You're like, how's school? Fine. Great. Let's drive home in silence. So um, a little bit of pregame goes a long way in parenting. It's, it's interesting you say that because I, I've seen that conversation, those points of what you're praising and the, the characteristics and traits echoed in a few recent books that we've talked about on the show between Mindset by Carol Dweck, Nurture Shock uh, by Ashley Merriman and Poe Bronson, which is a fantastic read, uh, and then reading David Epstein's uh, research with range and how he talks about the early learning, you know, praising the actual process, getting the tutor, studying, all of those pay the dividends over the long run. They may not get an A on that first test, but what you're doing is helping reinforce the more important stuff that leads to success later. I want to ask you a last question on that same note, how it translates to adults. And would a manager or director praise their team in the same way to help reinforce the importance of making the daily sales calls of working the process when it's so hard to be outcome focused only in the corporate space? Right. It's easy to be like, you know, we, we, we hit our numbers. Yay. Let's celebrate, take the team to dinner, bring, you know, pizza in for lunch. We celebrate outcomes so well. And it's such an opportunity to reinforce the coaching. So as a leader, if I've been coaching on pivots, if I've been coaching on timely follow-up, those are the things that we get to high five on the victory, but those are the things that we have to tie it to so that we keep playing the game. You know, too often we win and then we take an off season instead of we win and then we've got to keep playing the game. And so we teach people what we did to get there. If we reinforce what we did to get there, then there's more likely we're going to see that again. I mean, a lot of times people will say, wow, um, you are, you're really, um, you know, pivoting. You've got your percentages up if we could just get you to 90%. And so you have this moment for uh, uh, growth and confidence, and instead we create more doubt because I'm never going to be enough for you. Uh, Save your coaching for another time. We don't always have to coach through correction. A lot of times we can just coach for motivation, uh, helping people recognize success. Super. Well, that, that's a great point to, to point out and, and close on as a final thought. Dr. Bell, where can people go? I know we talked about it. Is the mindofachampion.com the best place to get connected with you and your team to learn more about your work? 
100%. Yeah, everything is on the website, whether it's the confidence free download, you can get the mindset videos on there, you can find out about uh, Champions Club certification or bringing us in for keynotes or team coaching. Fantastic. Dr. Bell, thank you so incredibly much for joining the show this week. Thank you for having me. Thanks again, competitors, for tuning in to the Compete Everyday podcast. As always, get in touch with the show by emailing us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. And don't forget to use your 15% off discount code podcast on any purchase at competeeveryday.com. I can't wait to see you again next week. And until then, keep competing every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. Visit CompeteEverydayPodcast.com to learn how you can get connected with other everyday competitors. Contact the show and find resources to help compete for your best life.